A new technology for the operating room, bar-coated surgical sponges, are helping us keep track of one crucial aspect of any surgical procedure, ensuring that all sponges are safely removed at the conclusion of the process. How does the protocol change for a procedure using bar-coated sponges? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery at Chicago Medical School, and our guest today is Joe Quetch, Registered Nurse and Clinical Director of Surgical Services at Loyola University Medical Center in Maywood, Illinois. Loyola is one of the first institutions in the United States to implement bar-coated surgical sponges into their standard protocol. Welcome, Joe. Yes, thank you, Dr. Hill. Today we are discussing new bar-coated surgical sponges in the operating room. Joe, how long have your surgical teams been using bar-coated sponges? Went live December 07, so it's been about five months. And has there been great enthusiasm for this? Yeah, I think people have been very excited about it. And, you know, I think with like most things, change is sometimes not easy, but this was a pretty easy change to make. Has anyone not liked it? I've had a few people complain. You know, we're with a, it's a newer company, so there's software issues and things like that that we've had to work through. So I think that's been frustrating. Well, is this a cumbersome process? Not really. It's pretty simple. It's basically a handheld scanning device like you would see at a grocery store. And the sponges then come with a barcode, and so it's really just a scanner and the sponges. Are these sponges heavier or bulkier than normal? No. They're the exact same surgical sponges that we've always used. Now, you might recall that at some institutions, when using laparotomy pads, they put rings or big pieces of metal connected to them, so it's very difficult to leave them in someone's abdomen. Would this obviate that technique? Yeah, I think that would be very hard to to do that. Now, they describe that this barcoding machinery is similar to a grocery checkout system. Could you explain that? Just like at a grocery store when you scan your groceries, it's the same way with the sponge. Every time you add a sponge to the field or take a sponge off the field, you scan the the barcode on the sponge underneath the scanner. Well, let's talk about that grocery checkout system. Sometimes, you know, if you brought five items that are the same, they'll go back and forth on that same item with the code and register it five times. Well, what happens if you scan the same sponge two or three times? The system won't allow you to do that. It'll tell you that you've made an error and that you've already scanned the sponge, and it'll only acknowledge each barcode one time. Now, someone listening might think, how could possibly a sponge be left in a patient? I mean, wouldn't you see it? Wouldn't it be clearly obvious? I think it's one of those things that's hard for people to understand, but it really, most of the time when that does happen, it's left unknowingly, and the staff and the team, you know, think they have a correct count when if they don't. They may have miscounted or double-counted something. If the surgeon puts a laparotomy pad or a sponge in someone's abdomen, is it their responsibility that they tell the nurses right then and there that there is a sponge in the belly or a laparotomy pad in the belly? Yeah, I think it's a team approach. I think it's both the surgeon and, you know, the scrub nurse to help keep track of that. Do you encourage that kind of communication even with this new technology? Yes. Well, what would happen if you have a computer malfunction? Would this obviate the use of counting or do you still rely on the old-fashioned 
technique of counting sponges manually. Yeah, we're doing both the manual counting and the scanning together. So if there was an issue with the scanner, then we would just revert back to, you know, we would use the manual count. That would be acceptable. Have there been any instances when your manual count was different than the computer count? Yeah, we've had a few situations like that, which is the whole point of the scanning. So that's been good. But what do you do if there is a difference? It depends. I mean, most of the situations, it's because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, with the manual count, it's very easy to double count things. And with the scanning, you can't do that. So we would use the scanning count. If there is a discrepancy between the manual or the scanning, there would be an x-ray taken. That's our policy here. Now, you mentioned that when you do a manual count, there's two people involved. When you do this electronic count, are there also two people involved? There are when we add sponges to the field. However, when you're scanning sponges out, this activity can be done by one person. Now, do these scanners give you visual or audio cues? Well, if you try to scan in, you know, the same sponge twice, it would tell you that it's already scanned the sponge in. When you say it, it'll tell you, what do you mean by that? I think it says duplicate. At the end of the count, it'll tell you correct count. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and with me today is Joe Quetch, Registered Nurse and Clinical Director of Surgical Services at Loyola University Medical Center in Maywood, Illinois. We are discussing barcoded surgical sponges in the operating room. Joe, what type of surgical cases is this new sponge counting technique used? I mean, is it used in labor and delivery, in general surgery, in orthopedic surgery? What what kind of surgery is it used for? We implemented this system housewide here at Loyola, so we would use it for any procedure in the operating room, whether it's inpatient or outpatient, and in the EP lab or the cath labs, and I'm trying to think if there's something else. I think that's it. Well, what if I'm going to remove a small skin lesion on a patient? Do you do counts for skin lesions or very small procedures like that? Yes. If we're using a type of sponge that's barcoded, yes. Are there any times in surgery, no matter what the procedure, that you don't do a count? No. Well, are there any procedures where you think that these sponges shouldn't be used? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, we wanted to make a, you know, have a standardized approach, so we use it for everything. Do you think that the added cost will be a problem with institutions instituting this new technique? I think for a smaller type community hospital, it might be. But I think for bigger organizations, no, I don't think so. Do you think that many institutions will initiate this new process because of an untoward event in their operating room or a pattern of a problem? I see this being the standard of care. You know, in a few years, I see this being the new standard because the current standard is to the Association of Opry Room Nurses, and that really hasn't been changed since the 70s. So it's really been a long time coming. Well, let's talk about that. This technique and the technology involved certainly is not new. So why do you think it took so long for it to be adopted by your institution or any institution? Well, I think all of us have been kind of waiting for something like this to be FDA-approved. I mean, that didn't happen until 2006. Why did it take so long? I think there was a lot of issues with the barcoding as far as how it's sealed onto the sponge and making sure that it's not going to come off and, you know, some clinical issues like that. Now, who is ultimately responsible for counting and registering 
these barcoded sponges? The OR team. So that would be the circulating and the scrub nurse. And is the surgeon involved at all? The surgeon is involved. They may not be annually counting or scanning sponges in and out, but they're aware and communicated to regarding the counts. Now, why do you think that Loyola is one of the only institutions in the Midwest that are now using this new technique? I think we just have a really receptive leadership team here, and I think what prefaced us making this change is I worked with another surgeon to revamp our hospital count policy, and so things kind of started with that, which led to the you know barcoding. If you're looking at patterns and problems and quality improvement in the operating room, and a hospital has not had a history of untoward events, do you think that that hospital should still institute this new technology considering the added cost? Yeah, I do. I think it's the right thing to do. It's because one retained sponge is too many. Why is a retained sponge such a problem? It has a lot of clinical ramifications for a patient. They could face some pretty serious side effects. When someone has a retained sponge, is it necessarily recognized clinically straight away, or sometimes will it take a while for the patient to develop effects from this? Yeah, definitely. It definitely takes a patient. A lot of times, that's you know a lot of why the complication is so serious, because it isn't recognized right away, and it could go on for quite a while. In your nursing career, have you personally ever seen a situation where a sponge was retained in a patient? Knowingly, no. And in the ones that were unknowingly, if you look upon this retrospectively, why do you think it occurred? I think it's there's a lot of human error factor in counting. It's manual, and you're really relying, you know, every hospital has different kinds of systems on how they do these manual counts, but there's a lot of distractions, and, you know, you can just imagine the phone's ringing, people are talking to you, and it's very easy to make a mistake. Well, let me simplify things a little bit. We've instituted timeouts in terms of making sure we're doing the right procedure on the right side, etc. When you are counting sponges, is that also a time when everyone should be silent? I think so, yes. In fact, that's something that's in our new counting policies that we do have a timeout now for that. I know that as a surgeon, when I'm closing and the nurses are counting and I'm asking for things, I know that it bothers them and peeves them that I will ask them, should we be changing the surgeon's behavior so that when the nurse says, I'm counting, it's like a timeout and we just stop what we're doing? Right. I think that would be excellent. Well, then why wouldn't that be a much simpler and cost-effective approach than adding the technology and adding the expense for this new technique? You know, I think that's something that could be added to a practice, but I don't think it's going to completely solve you know, all the issues. When a sponge is placed in a patient's abdomen, it seems like it's common horse sense to be able to recognize that there's a sponge in there. Why does it sometimes get hidden and not found? When sponges get saturated with blood or body fluid, they're very hard to recognize. They look a lot like tissue. And they get buried sometimes very deep in very deep cavities. And, you know, it's just very easy to mistake it for tissue or not even see it. In many general surgical procedures, we will pack away the intestines or different organs, as you're well aware of. And some surgeons like myself routinely will tell the nurses that there's a laparotomy pad in the belly. And they actually write it down and they insist that when I remove it, I tell them, What about that approach? Is that a good approach or? 
Yeah, I think that's a good safety approach. In fact, you know, many hospitals have that in their policy that that would be standard practice. What about the hospitals that routinely do x-rays on patients after any major abdominal procedure? Is this something that won't need to be done? No, I think it's very costly and a lot of resources would be needed to do that. I don't really think that's too realistic. When do you say an x-ray must be done? Anytime there's a discrepancy in account, we would do an x-ray. I want to thank our guest, Nurse Joe Quetch. We have been discussing barcoded surgical sponges in the operating room. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, now featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.